You're listening to the Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 98. This is the Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At the Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing. You should do. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Scott Wellens, and I am your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping real people, guess what? That is you, my friend, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, and a wealth advisor. And today's topic is catchphrase investing. But before we get to the topic of the day, someone asked me a few weeks ago, they said, Scott, are you ever going to get to episode number 100 in 2017? And when he asked me that question, may have even been up to two months ago, I was thinking to myself, no problem. I'm going to get this done. And then what happened? But last week, I missed even in every other week episode. You know, I can make all the excuses in the world, and I'm busy just like you are. And I also was throwing a, a party for my wife's 40th birthday, and we had literally 60, 70 people over, and it got the best of me. And so, but now I'm back, and that's cool. That is really cool. Because we can talk about the holiday season because it's upon us. I mean, we are so close to Christmas and the New Year's. And let me talk about that for a second. I mean, for me, when I think about the holiday season, it gets me stressed out. Part of the reason it gets me stressed out is I feel like my wife's all stressed out. And when she is, then I am. Hosting parties traveling, going from place to place, shopping, spending money. Oh man, yeah, spending money. It is stressful. Yet for me, my family and God, the most important thing. And if you know me and have been listening to me for a while, you know that I'm all about building abundance in your cornerstones. And Being a good family steward is all about building abundance in your cornerstone or cornerstones. I mean, in a minute, I'm going to talk about money. And money is important as an aspect to help build up your cornerstones in other areas like financial freedom. But building abundance doesn't always mean you need money to do so. My goal this Christmas is to be more present with my family, to be more present with my kids. I'm going to pray for more patience. I'm going to slow down a little bit. All these things will allow me to build more abundance in my family cornerstone since that's one of my most important cornerstones. And my question during this holiday season is what about you? How are you going to build abundance in one of your cornerstones this season? Family, friends, spirituality, experience, health, inner self, your legacy, your finances. What's it going to be? Find one and build abundance in that cornerstone. Let's get to the topic of the day. 
All right, here we go. Catchphrase investing. The financial media is drawn to catchphrases, acronyms, and buzzwords that can be sold as the new thing. FANG is one of those, which stands for Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Google. This is the latest of these acronyms, F-A-A-N-G, FANG. But does this constitute an investment strategy? Some people might think that it does. For journalists, commentators, and marketers, acronyms like FANG are extremely useful. They fit easily into headlines. And they appeal to a feeling among some investors that their portfolios should match the spirit of the age or whatever is big today. As we'll see, investment trends tend to come and go. I mean, this is not to downplay the the nature of new technologies and the possibilities they present. But as an investor... It is wise to recall that that the hopes and the expectations are already built into the prices. And I'll give you an example of that. I mean, when we're talking about hopes and expectations, this past week, interest rates went up. The Fed raised interest rates for the, uh, I think, the third time this season. And a guy came into my office and he said, the Fed raised the rates today. Why didn't the market tank? Because when interest rates go up, that might not be good for businesses because businesses rely on lend, on uh, borrowing money and so forth. And I said to him, well, because it's already built in the market. Everybody thought the mark or that the interest rates were going to go up already. So the price was already built in. The hopes and expectations of a market race was already in. Now, if the Fed wouldn't have raised interest rates. That probably would have been a short-term spike in market prices that day. Now, the FANG acronym has become particularly popular in 2017 as returns from the five members of the unofficial club have far outpaced the wider market. I mean, when you look at the S&P 500, as of year-to-date, as of October 31st, 2017, S&P up 16.91%. Listen to these others. Google, 31%. Amazon, 47%. Apple, 47%. Facebook, 56%. And Netflix, 58%. So does this mean, as some media gurus suggest, that you should reweight your portfolio around these tech names after all these companies have fundamentally reshaped traditional sectors like newspapers, television, advertising, music, and even retailing. Plus, these are the names that we use and know the most. And for investors, these are a few ways of answering that question, none of which involve denying the significant influence Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, and Google, and other technology names are having on our lives. Firstly, market leadership is constantly changing based on a myriad of influences, including shifts in the structure of the global economy, commodities, technologies, demographics, consumer tastes, and supply. Trying to build an investment strategy by anticipating these forces is like trying to catch lightning in a bottle. Nearly impossible. Think about the 1960s. 
The then often quoted Nifty 50, which were the solid buy and hold blue chips, which included names like Xerox, Eastman Kodak, IBM, and Polaroid, all of which were disrupted in one way or another by newer, more nimble competitors in the following decade. What's tanking today? GE is tanking. GE is one of the 30 components of the Dow. You know, the original Dow components, those 30 solid companies, when the Dow originated, all 30 of them are gone today. The Except for, the only one left is GE, but now there's threats of GE leaving this. By the late 1900s, the media was full of stories about dot-com companies that were building new businesses using the transformative power of the internet. And really, a handful of those companies, like Amazon, fulfilled their promise. Many others, like Boo.com, the prototype social network, theglobe.com, the pet supplies firm, pets.com. These are just three examples of the Hundreds that crashed and burned. In the mid-2000, the focus turned to companies with a large exposure to the so-called BRIC economies, which is an acronym based on the fast-growing emerging markets of Brazil, Russia, India, and China, the BRIC economies. Several financial services companies even set up BRIC products with mixed degrees of success. And some didn't have any success at all. A lot closed their brick funds in late 2015 after really poor returns. So while individual sectors each can have their time in the sun, it is not clear that weighting your portfolio towards an industry currently in favor is a sustainable long-term strategy. Okay, A second way of looking at this issue is that accepting it is difficult to pick winning sectors does not mean you should exclude these stocks in a diversified market-wide portfolio. You absolutely should still own them, but you do so by casting a much wider net. The more concentrated your portfolio, the more you are exposed to these forces related to individual stocks or sectors. Being highly diversified means you can still benefit from the broad trends of driving technology or whatever is leading the market at any time, but you are doing so in a very prudent manner. Let me me put this another way for you. By diversifying, you are not only reducing the risk of placing too much of a bet on one sector or one company, you are actually improving the odds of holding the best performers. Let me give you an example. When we look at market returns of all stocks between 1994 and 2016, they averaged 7.3%. Now, if we took just the top 10% of those market performers, you would end up not with 7.3%. You would end up with 2.9% on average per year, less than half of what you deserved. And what about if we excluded the top 25% of market performers between 1994 and 2016 as a global market-wide performer? Well, you would not have the 7.3%. 
you would actually have negative 5.2% just by excluding the top 25% of performers. We do not want to overweight in a certain company or a certain sector. We've seen that even professional investors can find it very, very difficult to pick which sector will lead the market from year to year. I mean, it's true that technology companies like like Amazon and Facebook have performed very well recently. I'm not denying that. But it is worth recalling that current prices already contain future expectations about those companies, just like I illustrated before when the Fed raised the interest rates this week. You see, friends, we don't know what future prices will be because These future prices will reflect information that we haven't received yet. We don't know about because no one has a reliable crystal ball. A better approach is to diversify. That way, we increase the odds of being positioned in the next big winning sector without chasing hot trends or latching on to cute sounding acronyms like FANG or BRICK. So if you have an extremely highly diversified portfolio and you're sitting at your your parties over Christmas and New Year's, etc., and somebody is bragging that they own a concentrated position in Facebook, you you know darn well that that you own Facebook too. And that when you're buying items on Amazon over Christmas, that you own Amazon stock if you're in a highly diversified portfolio. But at the same time, you're not subject to what might happen in the future to Facebook or what might happen to the future of Amazon. That you have a wide net, you own thousands, I'm talking 12, 13,000 different companies. So you own the good and the bad at the same time, but in the aggregate, you have a solid average return over the long haul. And that, my friends, is what's going to help you build abundance in your cornerstones. That nice portfolio, that wide net is going to help you in the future. When you're looking for financial freedom, you can rely on your investments with a wide net in a concentrated position all bets are off so what about you though what cornerstone are you going to build upon this holiday season is it your family do you need to spend more time with your family and be more present is it is it your friends do you need to invite them over spend more time with your friends be present with your friends is it your spirituality is it experiences is it your finances? What is it? What is it in or that you're going to build abundance in this holiday season? Because the time, my friends, is now because Christmas is like, I don't know, 10, 11 days away. It is fast approaching. And you guys have a great, great week. And you know what? I'll see you. I'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye.
the Best in Wealth podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.